Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your beloved co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm am I also beloved? Duly, yeah, you're beloved in, in a sense. Okay. For sure. Sydney McElroy. Okay, See, I'm I like, feel weird calling myself beloved, but I guess that doesn't really I mean bother you. Pudding, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well people love it. They're wild about this guy. Jamie. They are? They're wild about him. I mean, I know I am, Never but they're better. I wish I had that confidence. How do you get that? Just be born a straight white dude. And it just comes with the territory. Mm. They hand it to you. Certificate mm. with your baby booties. Good. I'll remember I'll remember that in my next go round. Uh Justin, you're you're not enjoying hearing today. Oh boy. That is putting it mildly. You're having Seth. some issues with your hearing. I didn't think this would get this real, but yeah, for sure. I've got some sort of like really painful tinnitus. Which Tinnitus. Yeah, tinnitus. I mean, you can say tinnitus if you want. I know what you mean. Okay. I, I think we, I think we can play fast and loose with those things as long as it's identifiable as the word that you're trying to, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get. I know that sometimes if you say a medical word different mm-hmm. fr- from how some people say it, even if the way you say it is right, you'll get emails from a bunch of well guys uh, mm-hmm. telling you that you did it wrong. So I just didn't want that to happen to me. This is true. I as uh, <laughs> as we've learned on this podcast, uh, Candida. And candida are both fine when you're talking about the yeast. Mm. They're both fine. I was taught candida. Some were taught candida. They're acceptable. Don't dig up this corpse again, Sydney. I'm we just can't saying, they're again. both fine. There's no judgment on either side here. Mm. This there is. is. A, this is a safe space to uh, pronounce scientific words in the way you see fit. This is a safe space for that. Because some of them are weird. People mispronounce prescription drug names all the time. And as long as I can figure out what they mean, who cares? It's fine. You know, they're weird. They're yeah. tough. Anyway, it's a it's because uh, you're having some hearing difficulties. I thought it was a weird day to be talking about a musical instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I won't I won't play it for you. I no, couldn't. No, don't fine. have one. I'm glad our children, whatever you're talking about, I'm just glad our children don't have one. Yeah, me too. I'm going to get into it. You can, you're, yeah, at some point, you're going to need to look at a picture of it, I bet. You're going to want to Google up a picture of this thing. Um, and if we had one in our house, it would be shattered and we would all have cuts. <laughs> really? That sounds terrible. It's Ben Franklin's glass harmonica. Like, oh, like. Um... Not harmonica, harmonica, although some people do call it a harmonica. Either way, harmony is what it means. So we can. So mm-hmm. why are we talking about that? Are you looking at a picture of it right now? Well, I pulled up a video in case people wanted to hear a sample of it. Yeah, I figure at some point you would want to do that. Um, um, 
thank you to Eli and Katie for recommending this topic. And then after I'd already put it all together and was ready to record our episode, Rebecca also wrote in and suggested it. So technically I thought of it first, Rebecca, but I'm going to thank you too because you did write in. So thank you all for recommending this. I had not heard of this instrument and it's deadly history. Deadly? Yes. The, it's, a, it, it's been known as a, a killer musical instrument. A killer. Yeah. Really? That sounds... It's deadly. It was banned. It's, it has a whole history. Well, this is why we're talking about it on a medical history show, in case you were wondering. You know the sound it makes when, let's say you have a glass full of water, or like, there's your glass full of iced coffee. I don't think that's going to work. But a glass full of water. It work. And... I know what you're talking about. You take a wet finger, and that, yeah, Justin's doing it, and I mean, I could describe that to you, but you probably know what that looks like. Except for how excited he looks, like the look of like like childlike glee as he's rubbing his wet finger around the rim of this glass just, in an attempt to make it I make a noise. This. <laughs> that is not the noise. You know. That is not the beautiful. Shh, they're missing it. Okay. Not that. That is not the lovely not resonant close. tone. <laughs> That I was referencing. <laughs> you know when some people do it and it makes a nice sound? I've seen people do that before. They have those like at a coast side. They have the balls. You know you know the ones where yes. you rub it. Yeah. So, yes. And, and people have known this for a long time. Like people had glasses of water long enough for somebody to idly rub their finger around the edge and then go, oh. oh this my. made a dry fart noise. Oh my. Who would <laughs> no, listen not- to this? Like back to Renaissance times, people write about like, did you know this worked? Um, and anything, anything that uses like glass like that is that class of instruments. This is a family of instruments. Really, Chris, crystallophones. 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 That's a nice and there are a variety of glass instruments, not just this harmonica that we're, we're focusing on. Um, it has the medical history, but I feel like there are you're a British glass person talking about harmonicas. <laughs> Like like a Cockney kind of thing. Oh, or? Monica, <laughs> Gov. It's a nice harmonica, Gov. Yep, that's there's perfect. my British so accent. You, you sound like you were born below the Bowery I can't do any belt. accents like, of anything. All what? I can do is try to soften my West Virginia, and then it comes back. It comes roaring right back. But that's those are that's it. That's the extent of my accents. The uh, the first person to play an instrument of glass was actually it was a glass harp which is different it's, that is like rubbing your fingers around the rims of glasses and water and all that that's the glass harp which is different than what we're talking about but uh that was a an irish musician richard uh Pockridge, and he would perform in london back in the 1740s uh but and this is i think this the reason i mentioned that this part of it even though this isn't the harmonica mm-hmm. this was like a precursor this is what it would eventually inspire the harmonica were these other instruments. And um, he had a his, – his career could have been an illustrious glass harp career was cut short because there was a, a, a fire in his room that killed him and destroyed his glass harp. I mentioned that because there's story, like a – No, Thank there's you. like a sinister history behind this instrument. I, you, you will see why people have weird ideas about it. Okay. Okay. So anyway, uh, Edward DeLaval, who was a friend of Ben Franklin, okay? Ben Franklin is going to be part of this story. All of the stuff that Pockridge had done, he 
extended those kinds of like, I want to also build on this glass harp technology and make instruments like that. And he would um, make sets of glasses that were sort of tuned, better tuned already, right? Because like mm-hmm. the amount of water in the glass has to do with the sound it makes and all sure, that. Yeah. So like it, it would take a while. That's a pretty time intensive, labor intensive process. Mm-hmm. So like slowly add and subtract. I'm, I'm imagining like with like a dropper, taking out a few drops of water and checking the tone and doing it again. And anyway, so he came up with a better instrument that was easier to play and better tuned and that kind of thing built on, you know, built on what we already knew. And um, and of course, I, do I need to remind everybody who Ben Franklin was? Our greatest president. No, he was not a president. Mm. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. I okay. just if you say it sometimes and nobody comments on it, you get a lot of fun tweets. It's, <laughs> it's worth it's worth it. He was a kite in the key guy. Yes, the kite in the key guy. <laughs> Bifocals, post office, mm-hmm. the word news, electricity. There you go. Um, there's a delete. He couldn't quite make the cut into Hamilton, he, but he did get that. He was almost that, in that Hamilton. Decembrist cover. He was in 1776, though. Yes, indeed. Which, we all remember his great song in that one. <laughs> Let's go fly a kite. No, I don't think that I don't think that's connected to seventeen seventy six. Does everybody know seventeen seventy six as well as we do? Like when we reference that musical, are we the only ones? <laughs> are there people out there going, What? Do you mean the year seventeen seventy six? Like, yes, he was in the year seventeen seventy six. That's a musical. They may be thinking like if maybe if someone would sing a few bars go for it. of it. I'll just get that down. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> for yes, for yes, vote for independence. Okay. Dad'll like dad'll hear that through the ceiling. Uh-huh. And he'll come like he'll dig a hole through the ceiling. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I hold on, wait, 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 I got this. <laughs> Did you need me? I heard you call. Anyway, so Ben Franklin, not in Hamilton, didn't make the cup, but he did travel around Europe a bunch, so he did have that going for him. And he loved a lot of that stuff over there. He loved all the European stuff, the British stuff. He saw all of it, right? Real real big fan of all. Love stuff. Everything that was going on over there um, outside of of the budding United States. Gout. Um, Had gout. (laughs) Yep. Had gout. Anyway, there's the stuff we know about Ben Franklin. How many evictions, after how many evictions do you think Ben Franklin did where he was like, certainly after this many evictions, history will forget my gout. (laughs) Nope. Nope. You'll never forget your gout. Uh, So he saw one of these performances with the glasses in the water from Edward DeLaval in Cambridge in 1761. And he was just, he loved it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. It seems in his area, right? Like it's cool. It's like science and music and it's weird. And who in the world ever thought of this? And like, it's it's very Ben Franklin. It's the exact same impulse that drives people just like Ben Franklin into the waiting arms of the theremin some 200 (laughs) odd years later. It's the exact same impulse. So he thought he could do it better. He was like, I love all that you're doing, but I think we could make an instrument instead of just like a bunch of glasses. I think we could make something better. Um, So he set to work inventing it. He invented lots of stuff. Why not this? So he invents his own instrument. Um, He had to work with a glass blower because, again, these are glass glass-based instruments. I bet mm-hmm. you didn't play a lot of glass-based instruments. Who, me? Yeah. Well, I know you played other instruments that you made up. So. Never glass-based. Um, 
Anyway, so I mean, he— You saw my skills with the iced coffee. Yeah, you need a lot of practice. So he worked with a glassblower named Charles James, and he helped him create an instrument that he would, like I said, go on to call the harmonica. Um, but basically, and I would really encourage you, like if you just Google glass harmonica or Ben Franklin's glass harmonica, you will see pictures of this. I would encourage you to look at a picture of this thing. Um because it's wild. So you use it with a treadle, like you, you know, with your foot, operate it. And it's got a bunch of glass bowls, all right, 37 of them mm-hmm. to be exact. And there's like an iron spindle in the middle. So you have this horizontal iron spindle and then these glass bowls along the spindle, sort of like kind of inside of one another a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like stacked on their sides. Yeah. Does that is that a good description? You're looking mm-hmm. at one. Yeah, um, I think that that's fair. <clears throat> so you use the foot. It's hard to picture, but it's like. It's like a Christmas tree of glass bowls on its side, kind of. Yes. Somewhat. Yes. Okay, yes. inside a wooden box with a big wheel on the side. Yeah, and you use a foot pedal to move it. The, you, the way that you make sound with this thing is that as it rotates, as the bowls spin, you will <laughs> moisten your fingers with some water and then rub them along the edge, or just hold them along the edges of the bowl, right? So mm-hmm. instead of you having to move your finger, the bowl moves, and your fingers stay still. Mm-hmm. You got it? Got it. Same idea. Um, and the rims were painted different colors, so you knew what kind of a note like it was going to produce, like A was dark blue, B was purple, so on and so forth. I don't need to tell you. No, that. list them all. No, I'm not going to tell you. That's boring. But you can look them up if you really want to know. And uh, the the cool thing about it is that you could play, because they were so close together, and you could get your fingers on multiple ones at the same time, you could play different chords and stuff a lot simpler than you could with, like, the glass harp, right? What about sharps and flats? Yes, those are marked white. The those accident, are on there. The accidentals. Yes, the accidentals. Those were marked white. Uh, so anyway, so you could play different chords and stuff, um, and it was a more advanced sort of glass harp esque instrument, right? Um, and the the sound was unique, I would say. I'm ready. So whenever, whenever you're ready. Now that we've sort of described the instrument, do you want to go ahead and play a sample of what this sounds like? Yes. Okay. So, so this is a clip of. Um, uh, a guy named Thomas Block uh, playing a gl- the glass harmonica. Wild. It's a cool instrument. Wait. Hold Are on. you playing more? So it's like, it's lovely. It's mystical. Yeah, it sounds like you're in a forest and there's fairies all around. Mm. They're like, what's up? Welcome to the forest. Kind of ethereal. We got a pond over here. You want to check it out? Yeah, and and it's beautiful. And um, so he he makes this instrument. He's very proud of it. He plays it, by the way. Ben Franklin also played it. Like he created it and then also became like a... It would be patently wild if he was like, looks good, put it in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's just I mean, what I that's just what I wanted. Throw it down some <laughs> stairs. And then it would break. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why I, yeah. 
It's a cumbersome instrument. Like as soon as you make yeah. it, you know, like, well, this isn't going anywhere. You're not going on tour with this with this bad boy. <laughs> Whatever room you put it in, that's the harmonica room from that from then on, right? Yeah. Like that's not. And also, the kids can't go in the harmonica room. Uh, yeah, this is mommy and daddy's harmonica room. <laughs> <laughs> it's mo- it's just for adults. Just Private for adults. harmonica like, adults, like Indian food. It's for adults only. <laughs> you recognize that, like. <laughs> Kids like Indian food too. I'm also referencing something from the ads, which the, they will not have heard until later, even though we recorded them first. So when you hear that, you'll be like, "Whoa, big reveal!" What, now it all comes together. What is he together. talking about? We were just referencing the fact that we can't get our kids to eat so many foods, so many delicious a lot foods. of foods. Yeah. yeah, we're working on it. Working anyway, on it. we'll get there. The point is, he he makes it, he plays it. He other people are excited, want to learn this new instrument, and uh, the first public performance is in 1762. So like the next year, so like he's on it. He hears this in 61, and he's like, I gotta get one. I, I've got to make it better, and I'm gonna get this lady Marianne Davies to play it publicly. Everybody loves it. They're freaked out. It's weird. It's ghostly beautiful so she plays the glass bowl the glass harmonica Mm -hmm. she must have been stoked that he invented it (laughs) finally (laughs) (laughs) wait it must have been weird prior to that when people were like what do you do for a living and she was like i play the glass harmonica and they were like the what hasn't been invented yet hasn't been invented yet i actually have no idea what it is i'm just pretty sure that that's why i could do that Somebody, Bill and Ted came back and told me. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> and then they said San Dimas High School football rules and left. I don't know what's no. happening. Anyway, and so, like, initially the instrument becomes quite popular, right? Like, everybody loves this thing. It sounds really cool, and over 100 different composers end up composing pieces of music to, you know, specifically to be played on the glass harmonica. Um, Mozart, Beethoven, um, people are really excited about it. Uh, Fran- Remember Franz Mesmer from our Mesmerism? Mesmerized cat, yeah. Mm-hmm. He becomes a big fan of it. He plays it a lot, and he incorporates it in his, like, when he mesmerizes people as part of what he does. He plays this instrument to sort of, like, prep them. Like, I mean, and you could see, like, if you're in this room and, like, it's kind of spooky and this sort of spooky dude is about to, like, put you into a trance and then he starts playing that. Creepy. I'd leave, but for some people, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it it would set the mood, yeah, right. Uh, so, and he he actually, this is sort of just a weird side fact. He gave lessons to Marie Antoinette on the glass harmonica. Yeah, that's wild. Th- so now you know that. I if you're a usual <laughs> if you're a usual Sawbones listener, you probably think that Sydney has truly lost the plot at this point. Like, what does this have to do with our show? So this all sounds great. I've told you about this beautiful glass harmonica invented by Ben Franklin, creates these amazing otherworldly sounds, and everybody loves it. It's very cumbersome to move, cumbersome to move, but like, this cool, cool brand new glass instrument. And that is great, except it's not. And I'm going to tell you, about the dark side of the glass harmonica. Oh no! After we go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier 
than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to- Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool, think of it as the palette. The palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the- Easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes, you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're going to talk about pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here uh and the meals i can say are delicious so what do you got to lose head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones 50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off. Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But... Does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor. I don't want to be part of somebody getting a super yacht. I don't know at what point you want to go into this, but we've had a worm bin before. Available free right now at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over. Hey, kid. Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced 
are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on MaximumFun.org. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster? (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Who? So, we were about to see, this has all been like a bunch of laughs and, and stuff, but now you're going to tell me that there is actually a downside to this, this instrument. So, here's the weird thing. Obviously, you don't know a lot of people today who play the glass harmonica, probably. Right. I'm sure some people do, but not, not that many. Mm-hmm. Not, not included in most orchestras, <laughs> fair to say. Um, how, so, the popularity of it was pretty short-lived. Mm. Actually, by 1830... Nobody's playing the glass harmonica anymore. So that's a pretty quick period of time. 1762, first public performance by 1830, nobody. Gone. You know, most instruments kind of last longer than that. Yeah. It was a short, short-lived. short Was it a fad? Would you say it's a fad? Well, part of it was because it, there was no mechanism to make it louder, and it's naturally not a very loud instrument. So it became difficult to incorporate into, like, an orchestra. Mm. I mean, imagine that. Like, how do you... How do you amplify it? How do you, you know, it's just, it's just a very. A, they could just use a microphone. Well, no, it's. Duh. It's the late 1700s. They couldn't. But uh, they didn't, they didn't have a great way to make it louder. And it was a very, it was a fairly quiet instrument. And so it was harder to incorporate into things or to fill large auditoriums. Like in a big auditorium, you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't hear this, right? You'd mm-hmm. have to be sitting fairly close to hear the performance. Um, so it didn't, it, it was kind of, and, and. It was very hard, as we've talked about, to move. Like, to try to take this from place to place on a tour would have been almost impossible. Um, It was very work-intensive to build. Uh, Certainly there were, like, I think all in all, like 4,000 or so of these things made. So there definitely were ones out there. But, like, it would not be easy to reproduce. Mm -hmm. But it was also because it developed, and this is probably why it went away, it developed this really strange and deadly reputation. Why? Uh, at first, it, it was just sort of like, as to why, I mean, there are a couple different actual occurrences, documented occurrences that I'm going to tell you about. But even before things started happening, there was this sort of sense that it was doing something to you. People would listen to it and feel unsettled by it. Okay. Yes. I think that that's fair. I had that reaction when I heard it. Um, They begin to think that, like, if it's making me feel anxious, nervous, you know, a little – I don't even know how to say it. Like Unsettled. Unsettled. I guess that's the best way to say it. I don't want to say disturbed. That feels too intense. That maybe it's having some sort of effect on my health. Okay. That that concern began to be voiced even before we had like instances of anything wrong, and many people began to believe that it could cause melancholy, which is would have been a diagnosis at the time. Probably depression, you know, is is usually what you mean by melancholy, or just this general what people would say it would cause madness, meaning that it could actually cause some sort of mental illness of some mm-hmm. kind. Um, but uh, around so there was this sort of sense that something was wrong with it, and then what what came of that were some actual incidents that people began to connect to the glass harmonica. Like in a superstitious sense? Um, I mean, they happened... Well, let me tell you. Okay. Okay, so the first woman that I mentioned to perform on it, Marianne Davies. 
she uh, would go on tour with this, which I can't even imagine how that was, yeah, yeah, how that was possible. But she would tour with this with her, her sister was a great vocalist, so her sister would sing alongside her playing the the glass harmonica. Um, And Marianne Davies eventually had to stop because she developed severe melancholia later in life. Now, that could have happened to anyone, may have had nothing to do with the instrument. Could have been bummed out by having to carry that heavy heavy thing all over this nation. And every time something broke and then you got to find a glass blower and they've got to make it just right and that's a whole thing. Um, There was another player who, see, and this was, so like that's a direct connection, right? Oh, she played it and then she became depressed. I think the instrument depressed her. Mm -hmm. Causation, correlation, yada yada, but still. Um, There was another player who died at a young age from what was known to be pneumonia, but... A lot of people felt like it wasn't really pneumonia. It was the harmonica. And they thought they were suspicious of that because she was young. Now, I would argue that at the time, we're talking the pre-antibiotic era, dying of pneumonia is not strange. No. Sad, tragic, yes. Not unusual. Um, But they began to, that again, that that built on this sort of feeling of like, uh uh-oh, something's up. Look, these two women who are famous harmonica players both die. Well, the other one doesn't die. She develops severe melancholy, has to stop playing, and then this woman dies. Um, people who played it began to – you had these anecdotal reports coming out of, you know, I played it for a while and I felt really dizzy afterwards. Or, you know, I played it and I got really bad cramps. <laughs> I played it for a while and I felt extremely nervous afterwards. Or even I played it for a while and I began to hallucinate. So you begin to see these sort of reports like, yeah, I play the glass harmonica and it makes me feel weird. Um, and this and this continues to build on these beliefs. Um, they start to develop some like – when I say rules, I don't mean like these were hard and fast rules, but some general like advice as to when you should play the glass harmonica and when it should be avoided, like – contraindications, so to speak. Right. Um, so basically, if you already have some sort of what they would have called at the time like a nervous disorder, probably meaning anxiety or depression, something like You're that. You're going to be operating heavy machinery. <laughs> Don't play the glass <laughs> harmonica. If you are well, if you do not have a nervous or any other disorder, if you're fine, if you're healthy, as far as you know, still be careful because <laughs> if you play it too much, you'll get one was the thought. Um, and then if you are playing it and like as a You know, this is sort of a caution. If you start to feel melancholy while playing the glass harmonica, either stop immediately or switch to a song that's happier. A fun one. Take me out to the ball game, perhaps. (laughs) On the glass harmonica. That would be fun. That would be a cheery tune on the glass harmonica. Sure. That would sound nice. Um, And uh, and there were people who wrote about it at the time. There was the uh, uh, Treaty on the Effects of Music on the Human Body by J.M. Roger, which was published in 1803. And he wrote, Its melancholy tone plunges you into dejection to the point the strongest man could not hear it for an hour without fainting. This is like a medical commentary. Yeah. (laughs) Like, if you listen to this music for an hour, you'll pass out. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like easy to prove or disprove. And And... Because it was so much like, because it was so trendy and new and popular and so many people wanted to hear these performances because they'd never heard it before, all of these stories spread a lot faster, right? So like the stories from the people who played it, doctors started writing about it, they started blaming all kinds of other things on it, like other than nervous disorders, it can cause domestic squabbles. 
It can cause a premature birth. It can cause uh, an animal to go into convulsions. It can kill you. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. 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 We're not sure, but it it's possible. Burn, it can burn down your room. <laughs> maybe. You inside, maybe. And Please. destroy itself. Perhaps. We're not sure. Just to free the ghosts that live inside, maybe. And and all of these stories begin to, like, build up um, and, and create all this buzz around it. And in that context, there was a performance uh, in Germany. Someone was playing the glass harmonica. And during that performance, and the accounts of it, I've, I've read some different accounts of it, and it's all sort of unclear. Someone died in the audience during the performance. Exactly what happened is not... I mean, somebody was like, they just stood up suddenly in the middle of the performance, <laughs> stared at the glass harmonica and keeled over dead. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened, but somebody died. And the result of that is that it was actually banned in that town. Like, okay, we are banning the glass harmonica in this German town. Nobody can play it here anymore. I remember that Kevin Bacon movie. <laughs> and now we got to rub balls. Rub balls. Put your finger in those holes. Please. Treadle, play one by the Beatles. Wait, who's that? Japan's <laughs> not around yet. <laughs> everybody rub, everybody rub, everybody rub, everybody rub. I was just gonna let you keep going. I know you had that look on your face. I, you were just threading me enough rope. To hang <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. So. And then people begin to ask, like, why why is it causing problems? Like, what are our theories? Why do we think an instrument is causing people to die or develop illnesses? Or yeah, what what is what's the deal behind it? Um, and the thought at the time was just that the sound was so complex that the brain becomes overstimulated and then can lead to all of these different things. There were some mm -hmm. other like more like reading James Joyce. <laughs> some other like uh, well, it's the way I feel when I listen to jazz. <laughs> Drag them. My, my brain feels like it's going to explode. All those neurons. No, I've said this before. All the neurons start firing at once, and I feel like I'm I'm going to, I don't know, explode or something. I, I get it. You don't it believe my dream of opening a real jazz club. <laughs> I get it. I just can't. I can't listen to jazz. It makes me anxious. It does. It makes me anxious. So there you go. I, I guess I understand this. Um, anyway, others thought that maybe these strange tones are summoning the dead. So that was a, the other flip side of it was this sort of like occult belief that it's not it's not something that's happening on a physiologic level or like a psychological level. It is actually summoning like legit spirits, ghosts, demons, dead people, whatever. Sure. Whatever your belief of Connection spin on it was. Perfect. And they are coming back and then they're, you know, giving us illness and murdering us and whatnot. Because that that's what the sound is capable of doing. There were uh, more claims of people getting sick while playing, while listening. It just began, they just began to mount. There were, there was a, a rumor that maybe somebody, you know, had died of suicide after one of these, after playing it for too long. So all of these rumors mount, all of this. And finally, it just falls out of favor. Everybody's like, forget it. We don't want to play it's it It's not worth it. It's just, yeah, it's too dangerous. It's not worth it. The sound creeps me out. Let's just forget it. And it's also like real. I mean, the bowls keep breaking. <laughs> the bowls right, just I'm keep tired breaking. of making bowls. So through all my good bowls. So it falls out of favor. Now Franklin, for him, by the way, if you're interested, what were his, what was his take on this? Right, he he invented it. He invented this instrument. He's playing it. He is like 
probably talking about how cool it is, right? That seems like what Franklin would have done. Yeah. Like if people asked him, they'd he'd be like super proud of it and so cool. humble brag about it and all this. But like he never bought into the hype. He insisted till the day he died. He played the harmonica and said, there's nothing wrong with this thing. You all are ridiculous. You guys are just sad. You're just sad. You're just sad. Calm down. <laughs> we don't have TV yet and you're sad. That's all it is. Someday we'll have TV. Someday we'll have TV. Don't worry. You guys could just chill out, watch some friends. It'll be invented soon. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> Bill and Ted told me. Bill and Ted told me that I'd play glass harmonica <laughs> and I'd chill out with some friends. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Franklin played it his whole life, never had any problems. In case you're, there's your N of one. Except for the that gout. Totally fun. Well, I. Now, there you go. He did have gout. Was it the glass harmonica? You tell me. So, like I said, there's actually about 5,000 were built. I said 4,000. There's actually Dang, about 5,000. So <laughs> there's still a few that exist today. As you can imagine, many were broken over time because they were fragile instruments. Um, and you can go look at them in different museums. There was, like, the Franklin family, like, donated one after a while to a museum because they were like, listen, our kids keep trying to break the bowls with spoons. And we're <laughs> dangerous. It's too dangerous to keep it in the house. So like, could you take it and keep it safe so everybody can see this great thing that Uncle Ben or Great Uncle Ben or Grandpa Ben or whatever he was to them did. I don't know. I don't know which members of the Franklin family it was. But anyway, so like you can go look at them still, the, the original ones made by Franklin. Um, and you can, and like interest has cropped up through the years. Like you've seen renaissances of this like in like the 1930s it came to brief popularity again where some people were trying to play it and build new ones and that kind of thing and like make the instrument a little easier to transport and all that kind of stuff and um there was a another in the 80s in the 80s it came back again like there were some pieces written on glass harmonica there was some interest in bringing it back and it's certainly still around like there's still people playing it there's still music that incorporates it not in a huge extent, but it's still out there for sure. Um, it was used in uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, mm. for Spock's theme. Yeah. Along with the pan flute. Classic James Horner score. Yeah. I, I didn't know that song, but I knew you would. Yeah. So it's certainly been used. Uh, some have theorized, like, what was happening? What was the deal with this thing? They've thought about, like, was it lead in the glass? That's a popular theory. Like, well, it was because they would use leaded glass back in Franklin's day, and so people were getting lead poisoning from rubbing their fingers along these glass bowls, and that's why the people who played the glass harmonica were typically the ones who became sick. Now, two problems with that theory. One, what about the people in the audience? Well, they weren't rubbing the bowls. Oh, I get So, like, why were they yeah. getting sick? Okay, why yeah. was it affecting people in the audience if that was the case, if it was lead in the glass? Um, and the other thing is, not... So certainly I would not advise, like, tell you what, go find some leaded glass and rub your hands on it as much as possible and let's see how much lead you get in your system. <laughs> um, but you're not going to transfer a ton of lead into, like, you know, transdermally through the skin by rubbing glass bowls. Like, you're not going to get a huge dose of lead that way. It's hard mm -hmm. to imagine that somebody could have actually been poisoned by lead in mm -hmm. this manner. Um, on top of the fact that at this time period, like, in the late 1700s, lead was everywhere. People were constantly getting exposed to lead. Like lots of people had low low level lead poisoning going on anyway. Mm -hmm. um, the, and if you weren't accidentally being exposed to lead in your day to day, lead was in a lot of medicines at the time. So your doctor might be prescribing you something that contained lead. So the idea that these bowls would have been enough exposure when everybody was already getting exposed, you know what I mean? Like this wasn't enough. This was a drop in the lead bucket, basically. So... 
It probably has nothing to do with lead in the glass, which takes us back to what was happening. It's a brown note. I mean. <laughs> it's like the brown note for depression. You know, there's like a certain frequency you can play. It makes you poop your pants. Mm-hmm. This is like that, but it's like a certain combination of notes on this glass, this glass harmonica. And it makes you go wild and, and get sad or whatever, you know, effect it has on you. It hits everybody different. It'd be it'd be really interesting to do a study and see like like with neurons firing, look at patterns in brain activity while listening to this instrument and see if there is something about this collection of sounds repeated over and over again that has some sort of effect. That, that would be really interesting, Sid. I, I think I'd, everybody I'd, would be interested in that. <laughs> what an interest oh my job, it's actually very interesting. I um, have this old instrument that barely exists and I rub it to see if it makes people <laughs> makes people insane. And then I try to figure out why. It, it's I'm very just interesting. Saying, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying I I think uh it's weird that that just ha- I mean like it just all these stories mounted and then it just went away and it's never really regained the popularity it could have had. <sighs> I mean, I don't know if part of it is just it was a very impractical instrument. I mean, gla- I mean and there's still it's not the only glass instrument. There are other crystallophones, so like this isn't the only thing that would be difficult to transport and you had to be careful with. I mean, all instruments are fragile in a sense, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, mm-hmm. you can break a guitar. You can break anything. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> I just mean, I don't know why this instrument, it's it's a mystery. I don't, I don't know why you don't do more episodes if you're outside <laughs> of medical science, Sydney, because your understanding of a lot of this stuff is very impressive. <laughs> I just mean, I don't know. Uh, to this day, I it's a mystery. Why did this instrument, why did it, is it just that it sounds a little creepy? Is it just that simple? Like that the Maybe. the sounds, even if you're playing a happier song on it, it has that sort of like echoey, mystical sound to it that it is. makes you feel a little out of this world. And so, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just that simple, but um, but that's the... That's the story of the glass harmonica. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself and you weren't um, driven to depravity by that brief clip that you heard of the instrument. We should have warned people, like, listen, this is kind of like the ring, except probably made up. I heard as I was listening to different, somebody was playing um, the Harry Potter thing on it, the Hagrid's, they're not Hagrid's, um, Hedwig? The owl. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, I think it's called like Hedwig's theme or something. Anyway, yeah, it's that. That anyway, it's. I wonder if it's played on the glass harmonica because it sounded right to me. It sounded like the way it sounded in the movie. I actually don't really like Harry Potter as much anymore. I said I don't know if you've heard, but the creator of the yeah, franchise has some problematic takes on people. I'm really surprised that you yeah, still. I love am it not so I, much. Oh my gosh, no, I don't. No, I I saw the movies a long time ago, back before we knew. Yeah. I'm sorry Th- about that. Thank you so <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Bill and Ted, go tell past me so I don't watch Harry Potter. <laughs> go Bill warn Ted, everybody. If you're listening, go warn everybody. <laughs> and if you could do a quick stop off uh at the Pangolin store and just <laughs> tell people to not eat them, that'd be great. Actually, Bill and Ted, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff, Bill. <laughs> now that I think about it, Ted. Um, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, uh, this is hugely exciting. If you go to McElroyMerch.com, you'll find a 
pin of the month that for February. You can only buy it February, and the pin is called Bookstore Trouble. And it's a stack of books, and this is a pin you'll only enjoy if you listen to our episode about the need to poop in bookstores. Um, Mariko Aoki. Mariko Aoki, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Phenomenon. Yes. I mispronounced that on the episode. I just fixed it. That's Thank why you. I was saying it right. Um, the, the proceeds for that pen, all proceeds go to the National Black Women's Justice Institute. There is also uh, another, uh, we have a uh, I'm Not Ashamed of My Clown Husband bumper sticker. I'm still not. And a portion of the proceeds from that will go towards the Huntington Children's Museum, which is a children's museum that I and some other folks are trying to get going. So it's a very funny bumper sticker uh, designed by Jacob Bailey. You can go check that totally out. That will do it for us. Oh, thanks to the taxpayers for these. There's all medicines since the intro and outro of our program. That URL again to buy those things, uh, macaroonbirch.com. The pin of the month is just this month. Uh, the bumper sticker will be there, you know, while supplies last. But that's going to do it for us. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't delay hole in your head. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.